Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments. Where bold moves require confident blueprints. Where you can accelerate transformation through consistency. Where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com slash cloud. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter, back with you all over the major platforms, Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, anywhere you get pods on your smartphone device. Subscribe, download, and leave feedback in a five-star review. If you're confused on how to do it, for example, just find the podcast icon on your phone. So on an Apple phone, it's a purple podcast button. You just tap that, you hit the search button, type in ML Sports Platter, boom, hit subscribe, and you are good to go. All a part of the Brawl Network on Twitter, at Network Brawl, and I am on Twitter, at Mike L Sports as well. Follow both, and you can hit me on Instagram, Mike L Sports 1979 uh, and uh, all the social platforms with the videos, 9-Minute with Mike Lindsley segments, 1-Minute Hot Takes, etc., YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and all the rest. We are brought to you by Empower Federal Credit Union, Stanley Law Offices, Bryant and Stratton College, and Ken's Auto Detailing. If you are in and around Central New York, make sure you get your car detailed with Ken's Auto Detailing. I'm telling you right now, you literally drive off the lot and you feel like you have a brand new car. That's right. They do such a spectacular job. The inside, the outside, the washes, the waxes. Ken's Auto Detailing, the official detail shop of the ML Sports Platter. Super excited to bring on to the program CBS Sports Bracketologist Jerry Palm. It is Selection Sunday. We're going to get into the Bonnies. We're going to get into Syracuse. We're going to get into how good Gonzaga is right now, how college basketball has been with Corona, the whole deal at JP Palm CBS on Twitter. That's at JP Palm CBS on Twitter. Make sure you give Jerry a follow. Jerry, welcome in. Uh, great to be had. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm, I'm well. How do you see this A-10 final going down? VCU and Bonaventure get there. Two really, really good teams. Uh, Sunday, 1 o'clock, CBS, you know, with the automatic bid. Obviously on the line, but do both of these teams also get in no matter what? How do you see it all coming out? Well, I, I don't think the loser is a sure thing. Uh, but the way things have developed this week, it may work out for the loser anyway. Um, but it's, uh, I think it's, it'll, we'll know more on Sunday, but it's going to be a, a nervous selection Sunday at some level for the loser of that game. Okay, so if the loser is St. Bonaventure, uh, the Bonnies, obviously we know, have been disrespected mightily in the past. 2016, they had a top 30 RPI, highest ever didn't make it in, won the league. They shared the league title. They, they, it's not the highest ever. It's not <laughs> it's the highest ever? List, but it's not the highest ever. The highest ever was Missouri State when I, they got left out with a 21. Okay, so in Bonas was 27 or 8? I haven't got it in front of me. Yeah. I haven't got it in front of me, but I... Okay. All right. Well, they they were one of the one of the one of the high you know one of the highest RPIs to be left out. Then I, I I didn't even know about Missouri State, so I'm glad that you brought that up. Either way, they were snubbed. 2018, they got into a play-in in Dayton. That was a snub. They won against UCLA. It was a nice moment, but let's be honest, they didn't deserve to be there either. So this year, you're saying that if St. Bonaventure loses to VCU at 15 and 
five, right? That and and their league mark and winning the regular season, getting to the finals of the A10, losing a dozen days with the coronavirus with no games. You're you're telling me that Bonaventure is going to have to sweat it out? Yeah, they might. Um, the good news for them is that, that I think they'd still get in anyway. But they could be in a playing game again. Yeah, that's possible. Uh, they didn't have because of. Uh, you know, their schedule being damaged by coronavirus, like a lot of teams in the A-10, that was a, a league-wide problem. Um, that, uh, you know, they didn't get as many chances to prove themselves and really show uh, on their resume what they were able to do. So winning the league is nice, but the, the, the schedules were unbalanced and not everybody got to play uh, everybody the way that the league had intended. So, um, but, it's, but winning the league regular season isn't really a thing to the committee. It's just the games and the results. How'd you do? And uh, Bonaventure and VCU would both be pretty near the bottom of the bracket teams. Uh, Double-digit seasons best, the loser of that game. One thing that drives me crazy across college basketball, and this has been going on for, I don't know, 15, 20 years at this point, I think. The term mid-major that people use... I don't think any year the committee or anybody can figure out exactly how to value really, really good mid-majors. I hate the term, but I'm just going to use it because that's what everybody knows it, it you know, for. Like, if you go and, and lose to a really good mid like let's say an Akron. You know, you go on the road and lose to an Akron and you're a Power 5 team. And Akron wins their league tournament. They win some, almost 30 games, whatever the case may be. They get in the tournament that's not still considered like a really good win on the road. If you go on the road and you lose that game, it's a bad loss. We've seen George Mason, VCU, Butler, two Final Fours. We've seen mid-majors have tremendous success. Gonzaga started as a mid-major. When is college basketball, Jerry Palm, going to figure out the mid-major? Well, I would say that your generalization is probably not entirely fair. Uh, and I don't use that term, by the way. I don't use it because uh, it's not possible to use it without offending somebody. So I just don't. Well, you're in the media, Jerry. You're, you're gonna you're gonna offend anybody, no matter what. Come on, let's no, be real. I, I have plenty of ways to offend people without doing that. So I just I'll just I'll just set that one aside and find uh, other more productive ways. Um, the I, if you've got a really good team, uh, if Akron is a fantastic team. And you play that game, you're going to get credit for playing a, a, a really good team. That's, that's the way it works. Um, sometimes, you know, the rankings will actually overrate some of those teams. I mean, Loyola is a good example of that this year. But the rankings can't really be trusted this year anyway because of the, of the way COVID ravaged the schedules and especially the non-conference schedules uh, being so small this year um, that it, the rankings are not really reliable because it's the non-conference games that sort of mathematically connect all these teams together. Uh, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, Bonaventure only played two non-conference games. Is that correct? Yeah, yep. So that's part of the problem with their resume, is that they weren't able to show themselves outside the league. So they did well inside the league, uh, but they weren't able to, to show themselves much outside the league, and that's part of their problem. Um, but it's... It's, I, don't, I think that the generalization is unfair. I think you know, good teams in any conference are going to get recognized as long as they can prove that they're really good teams. The part that's difficult is sometimes it's hard for those teams to get the games that they need to show how good they are. I don't know. I, I just I look back at it, and 
you know, for example, Syracuse in 2006-7, they missed the tournament. They went to the NIT. That was a team that went 22-10 and 10 and 10-6 and in the league. They didn't make the tournament. Uh, they played a host of mid-major type teams at home, obviously. Uh, but they lost to Drexel at home by five points. That was a year in which... I think that they might have looked at that one Drexel game as like their bad loss. And Didn't Drexel miss it? Was that the year that Drexel had something like 14 road wins and missed the tournament? Yeah, was that that yeah, year? Yeah, 06-07 Drexel team was really, really good. Yeah. yeah. So nobody looked at that as a bad loss. I guarantee you nobody looked at Drexel as a bad loss. If I'm not mistaken, that Syracuse team got left out because their non-conference schedule in general was, was pretty bad, but the Drexel game would not have been part of that problem. Well... I mean, but but it was a but it was a loss to at the time it was a loss to a to a mid major. I mean, they, if it wasn't a big deal, then why did you, then why did all the experts talk the about it though? That that's my well, question. I don't know because I don't, you didn't ask me. I didn't talk about it. Okay, I was well, probably talking about Drexel getting snubbed, um, but I I wasn't uh, Syracuse. Syracuse got left out because, if I'm not mistaken, because their non conference schedule was really bad, despite having Drexel on it. Uh, but that's. It's not because they lost to Drexel. It's because they played a really lousy non-conference schedule. And Syracuse uh, did that for years. I don't know if they're still doing it off the top of my head or not, but that's not the first time, or certainly not the only time that they've been left out for that reason. But Drexel, you know, Drexel had a really good year that year. Uh, I don't really believe anyone gets snubbed. I figure you, the committee is, you've given the committee a reason to leave you out. That Drexel team, though, I felt, I felt like probably should have been in. Yeah, Syracuse that year played a top 20 Wichita State team and lost, and lost to Oklahoma State as well, which was a top 25 team. Uh, Jerry Palm with a CBS Sports Bracketologist. What about the current version of Syracuse? Are they going to sneak in again? <laughs> yeah, I believe they are. Um, they'll be a double-digit seed. Uh, they have some nice wins. And really, other than the home loss to Pittsburgh, they don't really have anything that you know screams that you have to leave this team out uh, compared to some of the others. So I think I, I've had Syracuse... Uh, like among my last four in, I think they just escaped that uh, designation this morning. I don't think they're there. I think they're like the fifth team in now, so just out of a play-in game, but they could still end up in one. When you look at Gonzaga, you know, they, they've been obviously knocking on the door for, for quite a while. Uh, they're a premier program. I love watching them play. Uh, is is this their year finally? And, and man, I, I mean, to, to have to hold up that undefeated record the whole year has been really, really something to watch. We've seen teams in the past not be able to not be able to get to the end, Jerry. Yeah, they they well, most recent one would have been Wichita State, right? That's right. Um, uh, finished the regular season undefeated, or did the Kentucky team come after that? Kentucky, um, Wichita State. Yeah, they were both really close. Yep. Yeah, um, and Kentucky ended up beating Wichita State that year. Uh, that was a rough draw for them because Kentucky was underseeded. Um, the yeah, it's hard. I mean, it hasn't happened since 1976. The last time a team went all the way through the tournament and regular season undefeated. But coincidentally, that's also the last time Duke and Kentucky both missed the NCAA tournament. So yeah. Um, so, uh, but Gonzaga is absolutely good enough to win this tournament. I don't think there's any question about it. They will be one of the favorites. Uh, and as the overall number one seed, probably the public favorite. Um, but, uh, you know, Baylor is an outstanding team as well. Uh, the Big Ten's got probably three teams that could win it. Um, there's probably another Big 12 team that could win it. I'd put Alabama in that picture hmm. also. Um, there's some pretty good teams out there, but uh, Gonzaga is going to be 
considered the favorite or certainly one of the few favorites and uh and they deserve that because this is an outstanding team maybe mark Few's best team yeah i think it is 2013-14 was wichita state and then 2014-15 was kentucky so oh, that, back-to-back years yeah, yeah that's right yeah and kentucky lost in the final four to wisconsin yeah yeah no doubt that uh that 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 damn wisconsin team <laughs> that, that always does everything right and they don't look they're they're, they're, they're like the historical pete sampras of college basketball <laughs> from years back where they just you know, oh well, they're do they're boring oh guess what let's be boring and win right and so wisconsin <laughs> used their style to beat kentucky you know jerry i, I wanted to, to just a couple more for you here I'm curious to know what your feeling is right now compared to last year at this time. You know, when everything just kind of shut down with Corona, really didn't know what the hell was going on in the first couple of days. Guy, you know, teams, players are getting pulled off the court. No tournaments, conference tournaments, no NCAA tournament. The madness was gone, and it was just so empty Get go back a year and what you were feeling inside, and now what are you feeling? It's got to be like from depression to euphoria. I was more numb at the time. Hmm. Um, it was surreal, almost, almost like an out of body experience. <laughs> and I was in at that time, uh, New York, um, getting ready to do television that weekend for CBS. So, um, we, uh, but I obviously everything shut down. There was no more tournament. I just went home. I, I it was like the I want to say March thirteenth. Maybe I actually left to go home, and I feel like I got the last flight out of LaGuardia uh, before the airlines more or less shut down, and I was able to get back to Chicago. But um, it was weird to see you know the airports empty at that time. Nobody's wearing masks because nobody knows what to do. Um, so, because every you know everything was so new, the science had just started studying it. Um, and you know, you get back, and then you know stores are shutting down. Um, but, you know, and everything goes on pretty much lockdown. And that was it. it was just surreal. Uh, I never got to the point where I was depressed. I'm actually probably more bummed this year because the tournament's in my backyard, and I don't know if I'm going to get to go. Hmm. Um, so, because I live in. Northwest Indiana. So I'm an hour and a half from Mackey Arena, two and a half from Indianapolis. My wife's fam- got family there. You know, I just need to be able to get into gym. So uh, I'm trying to figure out how to how to do that, and then not being able to see a tournament in Indianapolis that would that would be depressing. Uh, last year, I was just I was just kind of numb. Maybe maybe at some you know small level in shock. But uh, never really got depressed uh, about what we lost. I, you know, it was it, the, this whole thing didn't get weird for me until this basketball season. Because, you know, I do college football, too. And I like sports in general. So, you know, baseball starts up, and I'm watching games in empty stadiums, and that's a little weird. And then I'm, you know, covering college football and watching games in empty stadiums and mostly empty stadiums, and that's a little weird. And things are starting to open up a little bit. Uh, but then I watch college basketball, and I'm, I'm a Purdue guy. And I'm watching the first time I turn on the television and see a game being played in an empty Mackey Arena, which is one of the loudest venues in college basketball. And it just felt wrong. <laughs> it was just like I've, I've had a hard time watching Purdue home games on television this year because I just can't deal with the fact that it's like watching a game being played in the library when it's, when it's usually definitely loud in that place. 
Yeah, speaking of which, I wanted to close on that. Um, obviously, I, I, I know how heavy you are into the sports media and, and, and you know being a bracketologist for years, and I've had you on shows for years. But uh, very well-rounded you are with the, with the musical influence there, and, uh, and that's been a big part of your life through the years. Get into the timeline of that and when you started playing instruments, and I believe a bass clarinet is, is, is your specialty, right? Well, that's what I was good at. Um, I, uh, I mean, I started band when most kids start band, and around here it was sixth grade. Uh, but, you know, I was, I'm a born and bred boilermaker, and my parents would take me to games, uh, you know, football game every year, maybe a basketball game or two every year and so obviously a big Purdue fan as well but the football games I mean I, of course I enjoyed the football uh, but I really enjoyed the marching band it was just, just looked like a lot of fun so when I started playing in band you know that's my goal when I got to Purdue was to march um, I made the band which was you know fun four years of, of Purdue marching band I didn't march bass clarinet they wouldn't let me so I had to march uh, clarinet one year uh, alto sax the last three uh, but I got to play my bass clarinet in an indoor band. And, uh, but marching band is, is you're, you're part of the pageantry of college football. And that, that's one of the coolest things. And then Purdue band, we got to do the 8500 every year too. So that was a lot of fun. Um, made a bowl game my senior year. So that, that was, the band was a big part of my life. Most of my friends from college, uh, are still band people, uh, much more than people that I, you know, had the same major, which is computer science. Um, so it was, yeah, a huge part of my life. Um, at my, uh, I have a son uh, who marched in the Purdue band for a year. He's still on campus. Cool. Uh, so all my kids have been band kids, in, at least through high school. So it's, uh, um, yeah, it's a big part of what we do. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I played trombone for a long, long time, you know, right yeah. up through. Started in fourth grade, actually, and then went up right through. Played at St. Bonaventure in an ensemble and area nice. all-states, marching band, state title in the Carrier Dome, you know, the whole deal. Oh, and. Cool. Um, yeah, my, my marching band in high school didn't compete. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah, and, and I, uh, but my my son, my kids' band uh, competes in, in Indiana, which is a, a huge, oh, uh, huge. competitive yeah. marching band. Yeah, and it's uh, the, 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 those contests are just ridiculous. How good some of these bands are. I and, and Purdue's band is so much better than it was, you know, thirty five years ago when I was in. I'd be embarrassed to try out for Purdue's band now <laughs> because these high school bands and drum corps and stuff have gotten so good that kids come into college and the level of musicianship is so much better than it was, you know, back when I was playing. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, these college bands are fantastic. Yeah. It, it's, it's amazing what, what, what it's become and the shows were, were amazing and it, it's just, it's great to watch and it, you know, you learn a lot. I mean, you just, you become so balanced and you learn life lessons in marching band and so many different things and you learn the, the hard work part of it, you know, that, uh, and it's a grind. It hard I mean, work. Yeah, it is. And, you know, you, you got to memorize <laughs> things. You got to focus. I mean, it's it's. There's a lot of things that. It, it's a disciplined gig. It's not for everybody. I mean, you got to be no. in that thing, and you got to be on it every day. I mean, it, it it's almost yeah. like athletes might not see it that way, but it, it if you're in oh, a march, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you're if you're in a marching band, though, you know the the daily grind of of getting to perfection is is the same as as athletics. It really is. Yeah. And actually, in, in one way, it's different because state associations in the NCAA limit how much athletes can practice. There's no limit on marching band practice. True. <laughs> you, you're going to be out there 12 hours on a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. In the summertime, you double sessions of band camp. That, those yep. things. Those things. Well, this was fun. At JP Palm, CBS, Jerry Palm, bracketologist, CBS Sports, of course, CBSSports.com for more information as we get rolling on a selection Sunday. We'll see where the teams go. Thanks a lot, Jerry. Sure. Take care. I mean, I, I, I see what he's 
trying to say about Drexel not being as bad of a loss <clears throat> as maybe I remember. Maybe I made it sound a little too drastic when they beat Syracuse, but I distinctly remember watching the selection show and bad loss column, Drexel being there. <laughs> Pundits were talking about it across the board. And just because Jerry said that he didn't talk about it doesn't mean that everybody else, you know, didn't. I mean, guys on ESPN were talking about it. CBS people were talking about it. Doug Gottlieb was raving about how Syracuse, you know, and I know that that year they didn't <clears throat> beat anybody non-conference, but I feel like that year they should have gotten in. Um, you know, the, the Big East being as strong as it was. Uh, and a lot of times you can play a non-conference that isn't that great, but your conference is so strong. Uh, that it acts, you know, kind of plays both parts. Obviously, it's still advised to be, you know, a Gonzaga, Michigan State, etc. And you keep, you know, you keep, uh, <laughs> you, you keep scheduling games because, you know, you need to build the resume. But um, no, no, no. Drexel, Drexel was considered a bad loss last year. That's what, that, that year. That's, and that's why I brought it up. And I think it would be, again, another, and, and he doesn't like the word snub, but that's the word that's used. Um, and for some reason, he says the committee doesn't value a regular season title. Uh, you know, that thinking is crazy to me because it's over the duration of time. And Bonavich are playing two non-conference games, winning both, beating a really good Akron team. You know, you can't penalize them because of the corona situation. I mean, you know, with all the different things going on and the cancellations, I know what the record is in a shortened season. I mean, this is a team that, you know, <clears throat> after this game today, you know, you have 20 games under your belt at least, and you, you look at everything across the board, I mean, to not get in, I, I would definitely use the word snub, no question. Mike Lindsley, ML Sports Platter, thanks for listening to my special Selection Sunday podcast. Usually we roll these out Monday to Friday, but wanted to do a quick one for all the SU folks out there, all the Bono alums who who I'm uh, you know buddies with on our on our alumni page to, to get Jerry Palm on to talk some selection show uh, news and notes in in the A10 final, and if Cuse will get in as well. Mike Lindsley, ML Sports Platter, all brought to you by Empower Federal Credit Union, Stanley Law Offices, and Bryant and Stratton College. Log on to bryantstratton.edu. For every end in life, Bryant and Stratton College. Big tip of the cap, thank you as well to Liverpool Physical Therapy and Rosie's Corner. Make sure if you're in and around Central New York, you stop by and get those pizza and wing combos for all the games this March. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. Hello, Discover here to explain our cash back match. Here's how it works. We give you cash back for using your Discover card on the things you were going to buy anyway. Then we match that cash back in your first year. And that's why we call it Cashback Match. Now to recap and say cash back one more time. We match all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year automatically. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. 
SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com slash cloud. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boy's easy opening, smooth pouring container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save-